Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to our look back at the fourth day's play at Old Trafford, which thankfully was uninterrupted by the weather. So it's back to the elite level of the game now after our dip into the club scene yesterday. And it has actually been a compelling day's cricket, which England finished up leading the West Indies by 219 runs with eight second innings wickets in hand. So definitely the possibility of a result on the fifth day. And, you know, it's it's beautifully set up, actually. After a, a bit of a slow start, the day really built momentum and there was it, it was full of intriguing cricket, actually, Simon. Well, the first half of the day belonged to the West Indies and the second half of the day emphatically belonged to England. I have to say, I always thought that even if West Indies saved the follow-on, England still had a chance of victory as long as West Indies... First innings was restricted. Obviously, they got 350, something like that, 380. Then it would be incredibly difficult for England to win the match. But even a score of just over 270 in England batting again still gave them the opportunity to win the match. And they showed real positive intent by sending Stokes and Butler out after they bowled the West Indies out for 287. They didn't score as quickly as they would have liked by the close, but there was a real intent there. They scored four and a half runs per over with the possibility of really going for it on the fifth morning and you know giving West Indies something like well we could we could discuss it really I mean the, the, the big issue is can England have two new balls can they declare far enough ahead that if they do need that second new ball to perhaps finish off the West Indies tail you know at seven o'clock tomorrow night you know can can they make that equation happen Yes, I think that's a very good point. And in fact, I heard Stuart Broad's interview after the game and he was talking about that as well. And clearly the advantage of that new ball is quite big on this pitch. It does go a bit soft after about 40 overs, the ball. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier, if you, especially if you're a top-order uh, batsman, it's probably a bit easier to, to stay in. So they do need that second new ball, which means if you work back, what is it, 98 overs possible on the final day, 
So really, England can only afford to bat for, say, 10 overs and then declare there's two overs off for the innings break, which will then leave 86 overs for the West Indies to bat. So it means England could, if they do it like that, claim a second new ball if needed at 80 overs and have six overs with it. And that was kind of what they had today. Uh, well, a few more than six, but it was clear that the, the impact of that second new ball, especially against the lower order, and just the pitch starting to play a few little tricks, Stuart Broad getting one or two bits of uneven bounce, and there's a little bit of movement as well. So, yeah, clearly. I suppose also, you know, the balls haven't swung that much, have they, in, in this test match? So, in a way, you're relying on that hardness. It, it's all right. It's all very well to kind of try and um, keep it shined and, and so on. But without the ability to use saliva, uh, you don't quite get that polish perhaps sustained that you can normally. You know, the balls, these Dukes balls haven't moved like they do in English summers over the last couple of years. And so batting has been a bit more comfortable. So it's the hardness of that new ball, actually both for seamers and spinners, because Dominic Bess got more grip and bounce with a, with a newer ball than he did later on. So it's going to be, it is, I think, going to be crucial for England to be able to declare with the opportunity of taking two new balls. So 10 overs in the morning looking to score at, say, eight and over. More if you can. That's 80 runs. That gives them a lead of 300, thereabouts. Plenty. Will they, will they pull out 300 ahead? Oh, I, I mean, they've got to. And, and, I, and in a funny sort of way, I, I think it's better if they don't score too many because you, I think you always want to keep the, the opposition interested. I know that's probably an old-fashioned view, and it probably stems from my days of club cricket and also playing, actually, for Middlesex with some enterprising captains as well, where we like to te- you know, sort of tease the opposition and uh, keep them interested, keep them, giving them a sniff. You know, the, the, the more modern approach to captaincy, especially at test level, is completely shut a team out of the game, give them absolutely nothing. But I think in this case, England always almost have to be just just dangle that a little bit of a carrot you could get 300 on the final day in 86 overs but you probably won't in fact in in reality I think better that way than just batting on a bit too long and in the end probably denying anyone the chance of winning yeah of course England have declared against West Indies before and left them 320 on the final day and a little bit more than the final day at Headingley and West Indies knocked them off no trouble at all with Shea yes, Hope that's right. making Headingley, 100 yeah. yeah so Root, Root has declared before against the West Indies and lost <laughs> I don't know yes. whether that would be in his mind but I mean what was I thought was what was great is I mean I was sort of talking in the box sort of off air I was talking with Tuffers and we were discussing you know whether England would change their batting order and I sort of thought I reckon sort of this innate caution they, they probably won't they'll sort of look to bat the last half and I just see what they can get with with Sibley and Burns but you know it was fantastic to see Butler and Stokes walking down the steps and you know real challenge to the West Indies we're coming after you we of course they have to win the game to give themselves a chance to win in the series but you know we're, we're coming after you and it send, sends a real message and Stokes was hitting it sweetly West Indies had so many fielders back on the boundary but that actually does give you the opportunity to run ones and twos get the occasional four you know you, like a one day game you can still score you know eight and over can England get that rate up to say ten and over tomorrow morning and score those those 80 runs probably they're looking for Alistair Cook I said what would what would you do if you were England captain and he said I'd want 280 so you know perhaps yeah. a, you know scoring at eight and over for, for eight overs say give them a few more overs but I mean the, you know in a, in a sense you're right the, you know the carrot is is there for, for West Indies should they 
you know, ch- choose to accept it. You know, g- the chance of glory, really, to, to knock them off. And we talked about Headingley, of course. You go back to 1984 when, can you remember that? And <laughs> yeah, David Gower was sort of pilloried for not declaring and England accepting the light on the fourth day and come on, declare, declare, declare. And of course, he did declare up past 11. West Indies knocked, knocked them all off and they were shaking hands about you know five o'clock. And then and they knocked them off for one as well. Uh, I, I really can't see the West Indies chasing 280, especially with this batting order. I mean, that was a, a pretty immense West Indies batting order in, in that era, 1984. And, you know, this one isn't the same. The pitch, I think, also isn't isn't easy. It's a little tricky. Bowlers are much cleverer now at kind of one day tactics and so on. So you know, I can't see that uh, 280 being chased. I'm going to stake my house, which has actually declined quite a bit in value over the last few months. But I'll stake my house that they won't get 280 to win if England set them that. They might get a bit less than that if if England happened to you know lose a few wickets and declare earlier, which I'm sure they won't. Uh, you know, I think you could get 250 probably on that pitch, but I reckon 280 would be too much. So, you know, an intriguing challenge for, for Joe Root. Actually, I felt that England just tried to hit the ball a bit too hard in that last little session. Sometimes you just need a little bit of time to get in. And also, you know, you think, of it, well, we, we've done this in white ball cricket, but a white ball doesn't do anything. And it just flies nicely onto the middle of the bat. Whereas the red ball, especially the Duke, does just misbehave itself a little bit, especially when it's new and hard. And it's just not as easy as Joss Butler have found, as also Zach Crawley found, to just take it on without just having a few sighters first. What about, uh, I suppose, the man of the day... The man who was left out for the for the first test and was no doubt champing at the bit to, to get out there. A, a, a typical Stuart Broad performance where he, he bowled well throughout the day, but there was that sort of surging intensity about his bowling after tea, which really changed the game. Yeah, with well, the new ball, that was what it was. He had the new ball in his hand and yeah, it hadn't come off for him up until that point. Figures around about naught for 60 suddenly got a wicket and we've seen this so often for Stuart Broad you know one brings two brings three sometimes it brings four and five I think the worry for the West Indies was how he got Jermaine Blackwood with one that was on the stumps and kept very low and he was out for naught amazing isn't it what difference a week makes this time last week Blackwood was winning the test match for the West Indies this time he was you know getting castled by one that crept along the ground the vicissitudes of cricket the the up and then the down i think that is that was the dismissal that really must put doubts in west indian minds because you, there's nothing you can do about that you know you bowl it straight and it does that there's absolutely almost nothing you can do as a batsman you, okay you might occasionally get an inside edge onto the pad but it's likely to get you lbw or or knock your stumps over and if there are a few balls like that on the final day then you know, big trouble for West Indies. There were also balls from Stuart Broad with the new ball that bounced a bit as well. So there's, you know, it is a bit uneven. As for spin, I mean, you, you, there is spin there. I'm not sure that Dominic Bess had the best day with ball in hand. 21 overs, one for 67. He got the night watchman out with his in his first over of the day. But after that, I mean, probably bowled a bit too full, a bit too short. It, it didn't come for him, but, you know... With runs in the bank on the final day, perhaps, perhaps he's able to settle and, and, and get into his work. Well, well in South Africa, of course, picked up wickets there. But, you know, there's going to be some focus on Dominic Bess on the final day, especially with another test match coming up. And West Indies, with all these right-handers, you know, do actually England need a slow left armour to, 
cause problems and take the, the ball away from the the le- the right hander and or just get it onto that front pad you know just straighten one to the to the right hander um, mm. you know yeah, that, I mean, that might be an option there's there's a, there's a few good good points there I think uh, as far as Bess is concerned um, he he wasn't quite at his best. He hasn't, of course, bowled much, and you know that's understandable that you're just having a little bit of trouble with your rhythm. His length was a bit variable. He bowled some good balls. He nearly clean bowled Shy Hope through through the gate, but but the ball bounced over the stumps. But generally, he didn't quite hit that sort of routine line and length, which really asked intense questions. I felt actually that he didn't bowl at the opposite end to Sam Curran enough uh, to try and exploit the rough that, of course, Curran could produce. Uh, or has produced. Uh, so, you know, if they get to work together in the second innings, it needs to be Curran from one end and then uh, Bess bowling into his rough from the other end. Uh, broad, interesting. Actually, you know, anyone, any of us who've ever sort of written him off, and I, I'm sure we all have made that mistake at times, uh, he, bowled, he bowled an 88-mile-an-hour delivery today and he was sustaining sort of 85, 86 after tea, having already bowled probably 12 overs in the day. And, you know, I just listened to his uh, interview after the game, as I said, and he said he really got his rhythm up, having been a little bit tentative early on because he hadn't played a proper competitive match since January. He really got his rhythm up from bowling that spell round the wicket mid-afternoon where both he and Stokes used that round-the-wicket ploy, bounce a ploy, in at the ribs. And you know, I, I certainly remember, actually, that it, it, one of the things that that does, it, it's, a few, it, it's a few things, actually, going round the wicket as a right armour and being aggressive like they were. Firstly, you, um, you land on a bit of the crease, which hasn't been used that much because it's around the wicket spot. So you get a bit better purchase than you would when you're landing in holes of other bowlers bowling over the wicket. Secondly, you're banging the ball onto a fresh bit of the pitch, which hasn't been used that much because you're coming from that different angle. And also, because you're attempting to bowl those sort of rib ticklers all the time, you do actually put a little bit more into your run-up and into your whole delivery. And that actually got Broad going. And he said then, he really, after tea with the new ball, he really cantered to the wicket. He was, I think he was running in one and a half kilometres an hour faster than he was before T. And that just got those, you know, the knees up and the familiar broad kind of, you know, kind of blazing a trail to the stumps and knocking knocking batsmen over as a result. The other thing as well, maybe a minor thing, we'll, we'll wait and see on the final day, is bowling round the wicket is creating some rough potentially for Don Best That's to bowl true, into yeah. Yeah. on the final day. Broad and Stokes bowled round the wicket. I mean, Stokes is remarkable, really. In the morning session, he didn't bowl. And, you know, he, he hasn't bowled that much for England of late. And there's, you know, has he got a knee problem? And, you know, you, all that, you know, there has been an issue for him, or despite the fact that over lockdown, you know, there was a chance to recuperate. And then, you know, the question went out to the media manager, you know, is Stokes fit to bowl? Yes. Um, and then, of course, he comes back and bowls 11 overs in a row in the afternoon session. Is he fit to bowl? You bet he's fit to bowl. And then, after T starts bowling, and he starts to hold his stomach or something, you think, well, he's got a, you know, he's got a pulled muscle in his stomach. You know, this is a, you know, another calamity in the offing. He goes off the field, and we find out he's got indigestion from what, from what he ate at T uh, and had a, you know, had a, a Rennie or something like that, and he was he was back on the field, and then of course batting uh, towards the end and, and trying to take England up to a you know a challenging uh, total. Set West Indies on the 
the final day. Uh, but yeah, remarkable to come in and bowl eleven overs in a row. I mean, he's bionic. He's in bionic. The, I mean, it's isn't amazing, it? isn't it? It is remarkable. I mean, you know, not many bowlers bowl that length of spell, and and you know, and we thought, well, why why is he not bowling in the morning? Actually, you could sort of understand why he wasn't bowling in the morning because you think Wokes and Broad opening up. There's some spin in the pitch, so you want to see quite a lot of Bess, and then there's Curran as well. So in in a way, there weren't many windows him to bowl necessarily there's probably one when they brought Wokes back from the from the Jimmy Anderson end but you know it wasn't a given really for for Joe Root as a captain he had to bowl him because there were other quite good options at the time but you know he needed them in the afternoon and he made that vital breakthrough as well he got rid of Brathwaite caught and bowled at 199 and it sort of helped England on the Mm. way I thought Brathwaite played really well today he looked a decent England just never looked like getting him out and then Stokes surprised him he went to yeah. turn it on the leg side, got leading edge and, and caught and bowled. And that, that perhaps was the key wicket of the day, although the the Blackwood wicket will have West Indies sleeping uneasily tonight. I think the, the, the shooter that, mm. that castled him. I, I really liked the way that Sam Curran bowled. I, I like the way that he bowls generally. I like the way that he, you know, he really sort of speculates for wickets by pitching it up, trying to hit the stumps, trying to hit the pads. If that doesn't work, he bowls little cutters. He goes round the wicket and tries to spear it in at the stumps. He bowls. He bowled to Alzari Joseph after nearly pinning him LBW. Bowled a couple of bouncers at him, which he took top edged or gloved over the keeper's head. He's he's got lots of little tricks up his sleeve, and he makes the most of that. Fairly short stature and and actually modest pace, but but he he's at you all the time. And you know the odd ball goes for four, half volley, whatever. But I think uh, his little bag of tricks will be valuable tomorrow if the pitch starts to to go underground a bit. And you do find actually on the fifth day at Old Trafford it gets a bit abrasive. There might be a bit of reverse, and and Curran will be great going round the wicket, uh, sort of a bit like a I suppose a poor man's was in Macram is a bit unfair. But, I mean, Wazim Akram was so good at doing that that everybody's going to be a poor man's Wazim Akram. But, you know, Curran is a clever bowler. I, I wish he could find just another two or three miles an hour of pace. But, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got something there. And, and I think that'll be really valuable tomorrow as well because he won't give up. He's just got that, you know, really ag- aggressive streak and, uh, and optimism as well, which you, you definitely need as a bowler. He's played 17 matches for England before this one, and he's played in 12 victories. Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's something about him. He, he brings something to the game with, with bat or ball. Now, the other issue tomorrow, 98 overs, and we play them all as well, as long as the light holds. Now it's coming up to 25 to 8 um, in, in the evening, and I'm looking at my window, and it, it, it is sunny. And so, you know, if we need to go on until half past seven, quarter to eight uh, tomorrow, you know, we, we could do, depending on how quickly England bowl the overs. So as long as there's sun around tomorrow and the forecast is pretty good, then we should get all 98 overs in. We didn't get a full day today. I think we lost four overs at the end because of a, a slow over rate. There's but, no know, greenhouses we... nearby, are there? Because it was at Old Trafford, wasn't it, where sun was glinting off a greenhouse or some <laughs> yeah. glass roof yeah. late at night uh, one day. And, you know, having not made, played much because of bad light during the day, when the sun comes out at 7 o'clock at night and glints off the glass, Dickie Bird took them off because uh, the batsmen were being blinded by, by sunlight at 7 o'clock at night. So no greenhouses in sight, are there? Not, not, that, not that I can see. I think that happened at Derby once as well, didn't it? They, they, kept, they came off for too much sun. O- only in England can you come off for, for too much sun. But <laughs> yeah. it, what, it does... It does look, though, as if 
despite the loss of that third day, miserable day yesterday. It really was. I mean, we're hearing stories of you know twenty eight degrees well, and yeah, sunny I'm, in, in, where the, I in was. the south. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it was absolutely magnificent. When I was in Bushy Park, uh, you can listen back to the podcast I did yesterday uh, with some chairman from from Bushy Park, and that's what we're going to finish with tonight. Actually, is we're just going to replay what William Fruin talked about the chairman of Teddington for 17 years what he talked about gives chairman of cricket club sleepless nights deer getting caught in a net that is the no-no everything we can the royal parks don't mind basically what we do but if a deer gets caught in the nets we are in deep 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 trouble (laughs) okay so that was William Fruin and the deer deer getting caught up in the nets giving uh, club chairman worries uh, overnight. So what we want from you is any stories from club cricket or indeed professional cricket, if you want, of the kind of things that give you sleepless nights, uh, worrying about stuff. Can you come up with any other unusual circumstances which are the kind of things that, that give you nightmares before you turn up to the club on a Saturday morning? If you could send those in to simon.hughes@thecricketer.com. Simon.Hughes at thecricketer.com will read those out over the next couple of days if you've got some good stories from club cricket about things that give you absolute palpitations before you turn up to the club. Well, the one that springs to mind is what happened in 1975 at Headingley, of course, with the, the George Davis is innocent protest where you know, people got in and, and put oil on the, on the pitch that was going to be used the final day of the England-Australia match and they had to call the game off. Although, as it turned out, rain would have ruined that what would have been a thrilling final day in any case, but you know, I suppose it's it's those sorts of things for international cricket. Yeah, actually, the, the, I remember um, Jonathan Agnew t- telling the story once about uh, the roller at Grace Road, which had a, a starting handle on the front, and it was a bit of a wet wet day and a wet pitch. They needed to get the heavy roller out. And the starting handle fell off early on in the rolling process and got rolled accidentally into the pitch. <laughs> so I had to dig it out. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, so, you know, you must have some, some brilliant stories from club cricket about that. And by the way, it was just great to see club cricket thriving yesterday in Teddington. There were three matches I watched simultaneously and there were some, you know, some brilliant moments in all of them. Uh, it was nice to see actually a couple of first-class players playing as well. Sam Robson and Nick Gubbins, both playing for Teddington, having their first hit of the of the summer and enjoying it. Both getting forty, being outshone by an Australian who isn't even a professional who got one hundred and thirty. But it was just it was just great to see and crowd. Decent crowd round the boundary as well, just enjoying the scene. So I'm sorry that the weather didn't manage to make it up north, but it was magnificent in the south. Yeah, I was going to say, lucky for you, all we saw yesterday was the, the rain falling on the Old Trafford covers while hearing tales of people sunbathing and enjoying their, their cricket in the south. But, you know, we've had a, an excellent day today. It really has been an, an excellent day's cricket and it promises to be fascinating tomorrow. There's so much for West Indies to play for. If they draw this match, they will retain the Wisdom Trophy and give themselves a chance of, of winning a series in England for the first time, amazingly really, since 1988. But I think England, England are definitely a chance tomorrow. I think they they can win this match uh, tomorrow, and so there's a real challenge ahead for West Indies. Great, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you at this time tomorrow.
Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.